the ever-present pursuit of entertainment, education, and some adjective to be named later. The Homestar Army proudly presents Trek West 5, a conglomerate podcast of science fiction, politics, humor, and pretty much whatever else we want to talk about. Trek West 5 is brought to you in part by RocketWebDesign.com, custom web design at template website prices. Designs by DD.blogspot.com, your online home for all your digital scrapbooking needs. Need a home along the Wasatch Front? Contact Lisa DeBagere with Kirkham & Friends Real Estate. No one will work harder for your home. And thehomestarmy.com, blogging to the world since 2004. Your hosts for Trek West 5 are Joey and Peter. Good evening and welcome to Podcast 136. I'm Peter. And I am Joey. And I feel like we need to uh, adjust the microphone up there. <laughs> My friend John Madsen isn't here. We've left our uh, the chair open for him. Like Elijah. The Siege Perilous. <laughs> uh, so, uh, he's probably not going to join us. Because uh, of some pretty racist comments he had in last week's podcast. We we cut them. We, you know, we, we, we lay we over them, them out with applause. Audience applause. <laughs> There's just a string of profanity. <laughs> racially motivated I don't, I don't know profanity. if you actually heard. I, I didn't. No, you told me that you were going to add that in. I, I did. I went, I went in and I, I found like a really large crowd cheering and cut it in over top of John going, ah. <laughs> But I left, I, I shortened it just enough that like the audience stops and then you can hear John going, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's really funny. Uh, well, I had a rough week, um, so that's why I didn't listen to the podcast. Okay. That's the reason. It's a good excuse. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned on the podcast or not. I have a broken rib. I I think you mentioned how heroic you are for soldiering on. Persevering through (laughs) great difficulty. Um, Sitting down. (laughs) But on top of that, (laughs) hey, I'm hunched over right now. It's a little tough on the rib. Uh, But I also... I was contemplating leaving my employment yeah. this week. I had another offer made at another company, and uh, I was really considering it. So it was it was a tough week for me. It was a hard, hard week. Unfortunately, waste management just wasn't willing to pay you enough to make the job. The nope. No, they weren't. <laughs> they, uh, uh, I, I, I just wasn't the proper material for them, really. <laughs> um, Joey, do you have anything? No. No, nope. my boss has been here from Seattle all week, which means oh, I'm, where's he? Is he outside? He's not here right now. He oh. he left on I think on about two 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 in the afternoon on the plane back to Seattle, but uh, it does mean I put in about eighty hours this week because he wanted to squeeze in. He wants a special Joey time, so he wanted me there at six in the morning for meetings, and then he would go back to his hotel in the middle of the day while I handled middle of the day business, and then he'd come back in the evening. Wait, what was he going back in the middle of the day to his hotel for? I don't know. A nap? (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, that's fair. Why not? Uh, Okay, so anyway, in the end, I decided to stay. More money, more power. Um, Which is really all you were after in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a couple of things I want to go over with you. Let's hear them. So, I received in the mail Uh today, this week, (laughs) I'm going to slowly turn this around, show you. 
Oh, your vote by mail packet. Yeah. So does that mean somebody so, actually came to your house? No. Oh, okay. Who would have come into my house? Your precinct chair should have come by. To do what? To give you the forms all filled. So the state actually printed up everyone's forms for them. All you had to do was sign the bottom. And they they had gotten them printed on pre-approved postage and everything. And so they, they, had, a, they had a binder full of everyone's form with all their information correctly filled out. And they were all they were supposed to do is come around and hand them out. All you had to do is sign the bottom, fold it, staple or tape it, and drop it in the mail. And most precinct chairs did not give them out. And so the, the state county Republican Party, or state Republican Party, paid hundreds of dollars in pre-approved postage that will never be used. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I signed up for this when I did uh, the caucus. The caucus, okay. Which I thought I was already signed up for this anyway, but I just was like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to. Bring it to me. Yeah. Uh, so, I've got a couple of things here. Okay. Number one. You, you need me to tell you who to vote for. Who should I vote for? <laughs> and number two, how much would you be willing to pay <laughs> for the to be able to vote in Salt Lake County? <laughs> <laughs> one podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Because no one will know. Yeah, it's, it's the not like... They're not listening to us. <laughs> I don't know. I think Orrin Hatch's people might be listening oh. to us after we threw down that one yes, time. Yes, that one time. Um, you know, what, what do you think? How, what, what's it worth to you, Joey? I mean, it's perfectly sealed up. I've done nothing to it right now. <laughs> I like that you're trying to tempt you, me with this. You could, we could fill it out together. I could even mark it in for you. That way, you didn't vote. That's right. I, I, I can just, you know, I can just advise you. How's that? And uh, and then you get to cast your special. Uh, by the way, this is uh, we should uh, let you know. This is just for the primary. So this isn't. That's right. This, this isn't a real vote. <laughs> This doesn't actually count for anything. It just counts for the party. <laughs> and in Utah, being you, you're registered as a Republican, uh, it only counts for pretty much everything. <laughs> uh, anyway, this came in the mail, and I was like, oh, dude, I gotta do yeah. this. I've gotta do this. So. I remember you and I had a conversation once, and you didn't you go have somebody research for you? The... No, I never researched oh, okay. that. The, it was basically, the, the idea was... How, what what's could I sell my vote on eBay? Right? What yeah. Talking, could I just go on eBay and say you tell me who to vote for? Yeah, I, I'm. I don't. I don't care. I, I will. Whoever <laughs> the highest bidder is, I will vote that way because it's really not going to matter anyway. It's going to be screwed up, no matter who we vote in. Yeah. I have another email. Okay. It says, "Greetings, gentlemen. I have been listening to your podcast for several months." Wow. Yeah, new listener. new listener. All right. And finally got cut up on back episodes last month. I found your podcast while searching for podcasts on, take a guess. Star Trek. No. West Wing. No. Babylon 5? Babylon 5. Nice. Somebody's actually doing a search for Babylon 5 podcasts. It's so good to know. Who, who knew? Um, uh, searching at Babylon 5. And started listening to yours with the season one wrap-up of Babylon 5. I have truly enjoyed listening to your work. Thanks for putting out podcasts. I have a fairly chaotic schedule, and I travel all the time, so I don't think I'll be able to send in regular emails. 
but I will keep listening. Also, I don't currently use Facebook, and I have no intentions of signing up to use it. <laughs> you can't guilt this guy, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> so, I miss some of the things you discuss on the podcast, uh, not to mention the chance of winning any prizes. <laughs> Maybe we should start handing out email uh, awards okay. of the week, which would really just be the Facebook uh, <laughs> awards. But uh, What we can do is we can say... Anybody who doesn't participate in Facebook can get one of the Facebook Find of the Week awards any week that they email in. Oh, interesting. Because those uh, Facebook Find of the Week awards are pretty amazing. They are. They're pretty awesome. Or at least two of them are. Uh, <laughs> those are the two including you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I have to think that I think the Giant Rice Krispie one turned out no, to be no, a pretty No, no, no. Don't give it away. Oh, don't we'll, give we'll it away. <laughs> Uh, he continues, I just wanted to drop you all a note and let you know that you have one more listener out there. I love Firefly. I think that it is pro uh, probably the best sci-fi television series I have seen. I think Joss is a wonderful writer and producer slash director. So I am enjoying the current shows you are making. Do you plan on reviewing Chuck in the future? The Adam Baldwin connection might make for a great transition. Please keep up the good work. John in Aurora, Colorado. P.S. I like Peter the best. So. I love how you, you're you so threatened by me that you have to insert that into every listener. I, look, this is what they write. <laughs> I have to read. It's I, it's I'm legally obligated to read these things. <laughs> legally obligated. It's in the bylaws of the podcast. Right. If you would ever come to the meetings, you might know this. <laughs> Wait, who's the parliamentarian for our meetings? <laughs> no, we don't. We don't do uh, parliamentary procedure. I see. Anti-parliamentary procedure. <laughs> Uh, so I wrote back and said, hey, thanks very much. You know, participate as much as you can. You know, thanks for listening. You know, who knows about Chuck? Well, you know, who, who knows what we're going to do? Yeah. Lord knows we don't. <laughs> it's not up to us. It's really not. I We have no idea what we're going to do next. Uh, he wrote back another email. He says, thanks for adding me onto your email list. I have no objections to being added to this list. Um, have any of you ever listened to any of the Firefly-related podcasts, such as The Signal, Sending a Wave, or Fire Talk? I haven't. I've I, heard of The Signal. I, I saw them. I haven't listened to them. Um, there are some that are actually still ongoing. I'm not sure what they're still podcasting about. <laughs> I'm afraid that it's just some weird fan fiction thing. So some slash fiction? <laughs> oh, I said fan fiction. <laughs> we all know that that's code for slash fiction. <laughs> anyway, he continues. Um, also, have you ever heard of SQPN? That sounds familiar, but I can't think of where I've heard it before. Okay. This is a podcast network run by a Dutch Catholic priest. Wow. Yeah. There is quite a lot of different content options available. Some of these include The Secrets of the Hobbit, The Secrets of Once Upon a Time, The Secrets of Babylon 5, etc., etc. There are non-media podcasts too. If you haven't ever heard of Father Roderick, then I recommend you to try some of his podcasts. I think you guys would enjoy them. On The Secrets of the Hobbit, 
he has Dave Kale working with him. Dave also works with the Tolkien Professor and the Middle Earth Network. Yes. So someone who's you know in yeah. the biz. Uh, thank you for replying and signing me onto your email list. Take care, John. P.S. I hope your rib feels better soon. Uh, my, my ribs are fine. Thank you, John. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to take time at this point to say, even this guy who hasn't been listening to us this long takes the time to wish my rib well. What in the world are the rest of you out there doing? <laughs> <laughs> constantly amazed by the fact that people will, will tune into this podcast. I know. It's amazing. I mean, I'm glad we enjoy it, and I'm certainly glad they're enjoying it, but I never can quite believe it. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, you sent me something the other day, which was the fact that uh, you said, uh, do a, a Google search for television podcast. Yes. We come up number two in the organic list. That's right. Um, it, it got me thinking... Wow, <laughs> that's great. We weren't even trying. Uh, and number two, I think I'm going to start paying attention a little bit more to what I'm writing in the in the blog post and what we're tagging in the blog. So post you're gonna as well. you're gonna start doing some SEO for us a little bit because uh, I I showed my boss and I was like, dude, check this out. <laughs> and then he's like, you know, you you should probably be doing it for these things too. And one of them is like TV podcast and and whatnot. So I was uh, after that meeting, I was like. Yeah, I should take this weekend and start doing, you know, updates of all of, you know, past podcasts to, you know, start to, to get, you know, ranked for a little bit more. Right on. That'd be cool. Uh, but then I realized, no, I have to fight evil this this yes. weekend. So how, how, how is your battle with evil? Awesome! <laughs> it is so awesome! You're the only person I've heard that's enjoying this. Do you want to tell our listeners what it is you're talking about? Okay, so most people will have heard that Diablo 3, uh, put out by Blizzard, came out a couple of, a few weeks ago. I bought it last weekend over the, the extra long weekend. I, I played it all day Saturday, most of Sunday, and all day uh, Monday. <laughs> I would have played it all day Sunday, but I had to go to church. And there's a good chance I left church early. <laughs> to come home and play Diablo Look, 3. I, I, I think I'm okay leaving church early because I was this close to not even going to church at all. <laughs> so, so you're giving yourself credit for yes. actually showing up. Yes, absolutely. So did you just like walk in the doors and then turn around and, and walk like, out? Hey, everybody. Oh, that's right. Uh, yep, I'm here. No, no. I, I stayed for, for a while. And that's that's saying a lot because our church our our church meets for three hours yes, yes. every Sunday. Okay, um, anything else you want to bring up? No. I have one other thing. Okay. You have something sitting over here uh, yes, that has been lacking from this podcast for years. <laughs> I had no idea you were so interested. I love those silly things. <laughs> it's, uh, the fact that you say you love them, but then you call them silly in the same breath, it, it's mystifying. They're lab coats. I love this podcast. I still think it's silly. Oh, I think it's glorious. I love you. I think you're an idiot. <laughs> well, that's okay. I took that to mean that you're gay for me. <laughs> Come on, Matt and Danny. Don't take this the wrong way, but I love you. Oh, oh, okay, sure, yeah. So, what I was wondering is uh, if uh, if you could don me. <laughs> well, I see. This is why you didn't want to put it on before we started. No. You wanted me to dress you. <laughs> I would appreciate it if I could be fitted. 
Uh, but you know, they're I think they're pre-fitted. This is the bigger one. Oh, for, the... for huskier yes, podcasters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe they're for podcasters at all. <laughs> These look like podcasting lab coats. Are you sure this one's? This one feels like the big one. This is a forty-eight. That's this, a forty-eight. This What's is that a 50? one? Oh, okay. Well, this one clearly was for me. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, that feels so much better. Uh, and uh, we we really should get pictures. We should these. This one would be and I've got the hair to go with it too right now. <laughs> you do. <laughs> you have that hair all the time. What are you yeah. kidding? Uh, so, uh, but now that I have a lab coat on, it makes the hair appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> That's the key. That's true. That's true. Um, ah, nice. Feels right. The world is right again. What are you doing? Taking a picture. You're going to take a picture? But I wanted to make this a Facebook Find of the Week award. Look, if nothing else, my wife will get a laugh out of this. Because <laughs> she had to go out and dig in the garage to find these dumb things. <laughs> oh, you got evil demon eyes there, man. Didn't quite sit right. I keep looking into the flash. Should I not be looking into the flash? <laughs> you should just, you know, take off the the glasses that you're wearing. <laughs> All right, do you feel complete now that you have your, your lab coat? <sighs> yeah, uh, but that took a lot out of me. Can we take a nap? Yes. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for and tuning back. in to Podcast 136. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough goofiness. Uh, let's move on to something of a serious <laughs> that's, that's a pretty big promise. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay, uh, listen to Brainy Smurf. Okay. Unless you had something else. No, no, no. Okay, okay. He says... Sup, dudes, overlords, liege, who isn't here, and whoever else doesn't skip past Brainy's Nook. <laughs> I wanted to apologize if I spoiled any of Battlestar Galactica for John. Never before have I so greatly anticipated a next episode than when watching that series. Mm. Although, I didn't feel like I spoiled very much. Uh, I didn't realize that John was in the middle of Battlestar Galactica, so I apologize. Which, by the way, he didn't give away a, a ton. It's just, I happen to remember exactly what he was describing. I'm like, oh yeah, you're eh, not giving away plot, but you are kind of giving away a little bit. Some of the fun. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. To this day, I have yet to find a show more ubiquitously amazing across the board. I would love to have a chance to interact on some forum level to discuss the progress of the Ragtag Fleet's revamp. So please inform me if there is uh, anything else I can do to facilitate this hypothetical endeavor that, if put into practice, it would only reverberate the epic echo of TrekWest V's original mission statement. <laughs> so... Maybe some smart dudes should podcast it up. So he must be calling for somebody else because... It's not us. Not us. <laughs> that can't be us. Uh, it's a maybe. It's, a, it's on my short list anyway. I think it's good stuff. You know, I, I, I would like to see it on the list just because I tried it. I didn't get into it with the miniseries. And I think it's just because I didn't have anything at the time that was really pushing me hard. I've never made it all the way through the pilot. You know, and it's not because it's bad. It's because it just didn't grab me on the visceral level that at the time I was looking for something, you know, to really hook hook me in. 
it wasn't what I wanted at the time, so I put it back on the shelf. And having the podcast be the motivating factor, I think, would actually let me get through that and into the good stuff. Not enough usage of the word frack, I believe, was why he couldn't get through the pilot. Needed more frack. By the way, I, you know, I don't know if I ever mentioned on the podcast, my, my current manager at my, at my employer is Chinese. And I said rotten cake in front of him the other day. <laughs> and he said, now what does that mean? And I said, oh, it's, uh, what is it? It's Zhao Gao, right? Yes. I said, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a translation of Zhao Gao. He kind of did a double take, and he's like, where did you learn Zhao Gao? <laughs> and I said, from the TV show Firefly. <laughs> and he laughed. He just thought that was hilarious that I'm walking around saying, oh, rotten cake. <laughs> that is hilarious. We need more of those. Yes, we do. We really do. So, Brainy Smurf, I, don't, I haven't read the rest of uh, your email here yet. So, if you haven't put in more, you need to give us more rotten cake. So, I, so I can uh, Impress. surprise and wonder... My boss. Yes. Wonder him? Yes, you can wonder him. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Continue on with Brainy Smurf. So, pardon my hemorrhaging bout of indifference, but I will use Pete's best Eeyore voice to say, in case anybody cares, here is this week's Brainy's Nook of Darkness. That's your best Eeyore voice? Oh, all right. I feel like Aaron should really be saying that. <laughs> Am I wrong? In case anybody cares, here's this week's Brainy's Nook of Darkness. <laughs> that was pretty good, Joey. Well done. It's usually me doing the voices around here, but you, you nailed that one. Eeyore is one I enjoy doing. <laughs> okay, good. Um, Slaying the Beast, part one. What do the Quail Indians and Tony Bennett have in common? <laughs> Casinos? well the answer is in their ability to quote slay the beast close quote how do they do this they spend time discovering how to walk in the shoes of their respective victims of course in tony bennett's case the vanquished foe is the skepticism of an audience and in the case of the quail the smote beast is a whale And so, what's the question that we are now in the middle of, and what's the point? Well, the point is to slay the monster. That instinct instinct is etched into our genetic code. And why do we slay the monster? Because it is in front of us. And, on another note, a certain fact that I find fascinating is, none of the thousands of... N.A. Indian tribes, non-applicable Indian tribes have North a word. American? North American Indian tribes. Makes much more sense than non-applicable. <laughs> I, I read that through and I was like, non-applicable? Because he doesn't capitalize anything except for N.A. <laughs> so I naturally assume not applicable. Anyway, North American, much better. North American Indian tribes have a word for religion. This does not mean that these people are not religious, nor does it mean that religion carries any negative connotation. Native Americans, such as the Kel, are so religious in everything they do that they do not need a word to describe their sacred activities. Confused we? Confused well? He wrote confused, W-E, semicolon, semicolon. Confused we. (laughs) 
Holy crap. Really, one day we should record it. We, we should record this in a video so that people can actually see what we do. Was there a strong visual component to that? Yes, there really was. There really was. It kind of looked like you were gagging. I, I was trying to. Good grief. I imagine that's how you pronounce double semicolon. <laughs> uh, anyway, he says, more next week when we explore the similarities between whale hunting and crooning. I look forward to that one. Yeah, seems definitely. like uh, definitely a little little on the odd side. So, okay, uh, that's that's all he's got. By the way, I don't know about anyone else, but I actually look forward to Brainy's Nook every every week. Yeah, oh it's, for sure. It's stuff that I would not normally venture into. You know, it's nice to have someone else at least try to bring some kind of experience to this podcast. Yeah, Lord and knows I'm not. Gonna Pete's do not going to do it. <laughs> you beat me to my own joke. Oh yeah, I knew where it was going. I'm no fool. Uh, Facebook find of the week. You know, I'm giving it to the endless slinky video that Fish had posted. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. You didn't. Now, to be fair, you didn't give uh, get a chance to listen to. I did not that yeah. convention thing because that was really a lot of fun. It, it was just you know it was it was it, long. It was long, and I just knew I wasn't going to have that kind of time, so I didn't dive into it. I, I will felt like it's it. something you could have put on in the background and continued doing your work. Interesting assertion. Anyway, congratulations to uh, um, listener Fishhead. Uh, he was going to win either way. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and uh, move into Joey's Culture Corner. Okay, the uh, Culture Corner this week is Trent's Last Case by E.C. Bentley. Um, this was a, a detective novel that was written at, I want to say it was in the 1800s. So it was, at the time, everyone was writing copies of Sherlock Holmes. Like, that was... That was all the detective novels there were. Everyone was writing a copy of Sherlock Holmes. And E.C. Bentley was a writer who hated Sherlock Holmes. He hated that Holmes always got it right. That he was, you know, he never made a mistake in his deductions. And this was a, a novel where the, uh, the detective got one crucial piece of information wrong in his deduction. And was able to kind of retcon all his other deductions back to that point throughout the rest of the book and then he gets to the end of the book and he does his big aha reveal the way Sherlock Holmes would and the actual murderer tells him no you're wrong <laughs> here's where you got it wrong and, and how all these other things really played out <laughs> that's nice of the murderer <laughs> no 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 ah, I just can't let this go on yeah uh, it, makes, it makes sense in context when you get to that part of the story uh, as you read through it I'm, tr I'm trying to be careful and not spoil anything okay uh, but in context, it I think makes you sense. already spoil it. He, we find out the murderer did it. <laughs> yeah. way, to, way to give it away, as opposed to all those innocent people who, <laughs> who might have done it. Uh, anyway, it's it, it was just very interesting for being probably the first send up of the uh, detective novel genre. I enjoyed it. Thumb up. Is there anything about it that's of note, or is it just pure entertainment? Uh. What's the big idea, Joey? The big idea is is the break from having the detectives be these flawless specimens of pure intellectual purity. They just, you know, so they, we went from a, a... Which is interesting because the some of the recent uh, Sherlock Holmes stuff 
has kind of shown Holmes to be brilliant, genius, but very, very flawed. Right. And, and so the the assertion that you'll get from a lot of English professors, if you ask them about Trent's last case, is that after Bentley wrote Trent's last case, pretty much every detective novel after that owes a debt to Trent's last case because he was the one that said, hey, look, you can break the mold and still be successful. Everybody thought you had to copy Conan Doyle's mold in order to be a successful detective fiction. And he kind of said, no, look, there's, there, there are other ways to do this. And all of the, uh, the hard-boiled genre, where you have the, the detective, you know, it's like the 1940s and the lady had gams, you know. <laughs> Sam, Sam Spade and all those guys. They all are very much, they have a lot in common with the character of Trent, who's the detective in, in the Trent's last case. The other interesting thing is the, the title of the book being Trent's last case. It's the only book about the detective Trent. He only has the one case, but it was his last. <laughs> <laughs> Which may have been another anti-Sherlock, because Sherlock had... Uh, it wasn't... While it's not a series, there were several Yes, books. it was a serial. Okay. Uh, good on milk. Uh, okay. We'll go ahead and move, move into episodes. episodes. Yep. Um, we are going to be covering episodes four through five of Firefly. And uh, we'll start with episode four, Shindig. Mal goes to a society ball where he inadvertently challenges a master swordsman to a duel. <laughs> All right, I, I don't love this episode. Yeah, it's not the, my these two this week, I they're okay. I think Safe was the better of the two, in my opinion. Yeah, but you're right; neither of them is a standout. I kind of yeah. when, when it comes time to watch Shindig every time I watch it, but I'm never like, oh, goody Shindig. Yeah. I think it's the duel for me. I think it's the Inara Mal back and forth. It's just too much of it. Oh, really? I actually I kind of enjoy that they're setting up the characters. I, I get that. And they're setting it up for a... The Where I get frustrated with it is that they're setting it up for a series-long will-they-won't-they. They. Yes. And I hate that in TV shows. It's like my least favorite thing. Uh, so what, if you get rid of the tension, though, what what's the point in sticking around? You know what? They managed to do it in the office with Jim and Pam. It's one of the things I loved about the office. Is they went back and forth for four seasons. I know, but then they managed to keep the characters around, and they're still interesting characters without having the will-they-won't-they moments every episode. I would disagree, just because I thought that the office has gone downhill. The office has gone downhill, but I don't think Jim's gone downhill. I don't think the character of Pam's gone downhill. The writing across the board has gone downhill. Okay. All right. Fair enough. It's just not... You know, going all the way back to X-Files, it's driven me crazy. The Mulder and Scully thing. I just wanted them to just, you know, do what they were going to do. See season one, and then, you know, you can continue to have a romantic relationship without that tension. That tension gets grating for me. Maybe if you weren't such a jerk it might not be so bad yeah but I don't see that happening <laughs> uh, I, I, I tried to channel my Curtis there was... I love the uh, the line that Inara had here when they're at the pool hall as with so many other things the key seems to be giving Jane a heavy stick and standing back <laughs> <laughs> it was I, I thought it was funny that uh, we have yet another bar fight Yep. Uh, now I listened to the uh, 
whatchamacallit. Commentary track? Commentary. And the writer originally had this as Mal and Inara walking through a wooded area. And Mal ends up shooting some varmint right between the eyes. Okay. That's the way it was. A varmint meaning a person that's no, no, no good? or No, a, like a raccoon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> some little creature thing. Um, and in, in the end, she... You know, she had to rewrite it, and it ended up becoming a bar fight. So, hooray, we got to more cliche. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, it's were... not Western without a bar fight. Yeah, exactly. But I did enjoy the fact that, you know, we have holographic pool. Well, the balls are holographic. The table apparently is still real. <laughs> yes. I, I That did seem a little odd, but I don't know. Whatever. I, I thought it was odd that Jane was drinking out of a bowl. Did you see that? Like, I felt like that might have been soup. Okay. It just was weird, though. It, it he is weird. He this huge thing, and he's, like, drinking out of it. He's got his arm kind of turned weird, and the way he's drinking out of it, I thought, that just looks bizarre. Yeah, you're, you're, that's fair. I, I, don't, I, I don't disagree. Uh, okay, so we get through that, and that whole scene was just supposed to set up Mal and Inara. Yes. This is an episode about Mal and Inara. It is. It is. Uh, but we get to see video begging for whores. Yes. Okay. So I'm I'm confused. Maybe the commentary track addressed this. Is that a two way system? Because when the kid says it looks like a video, if you would do me the honor, it would. would it, how did he put it? He goofed up. It would honor my honor. You know, something like that. Yeah. And she gets this like look of pure disdain on her face as she closes his window, and I thought. Then, then she opens another video and, and interacts with Abbott. Yes. Uh-huh. That poor kid, if he just saw that look on Anara's face, that would be so crushing. You can't even convince a concubine or a, what are they called? Uh, companion. Companion. Who you're going to pay to take you seriously. Yeah, but that's, that's just it. Which we come to find out at the very end of the episode, the companions are the ones who have all of the power. Yes. Because after everything, she basically says, no... I That's think not how it works. Yeah, you're the one who's going to get the black mark, and no companion will ever come to you at all. And uh, then J. Michael Straczynski says to him, no, you're going to have to win uh, your... Straczynski? I just assumed that that's what J. Michael Straczynski looks like. That's what I pictured in my head. Uh, and he says, you know, oh, you're going to have to win women with your charm. And, uh, you know, he clearly doesn't have any. Anyway, we jumped clear to the end. Uh, let's give ratings now. <laughs> no? No? Okay. All right. go, we'll go back to the beginning. Um, here's something that I, I really, really appreciate. I would have loved to have continued to see them handle this. How they would have handled this, I don't know. But they, they, they acknowledge the time differences as you go from planet to planet. They're thinking it's afternoon. They're going to be landing when it's 10 a.m. Yeah. On this particular planet. And that's going to be... That has to be a huge issue as you, you know, worry about communication between planets. Because at at a certain point, you're always going to be communicating with somebody who it's, you know, it's always 2 a.m. when it's your, you know, such and such a time. Right. Obviously, there can't be any real standardization. So you have to adjust as you land and deal with that 
I would have loved to have seen them truly focus in on that. I don't know that they ever really have, like, could have. Space lag or something? Yeah, I, I don't know if that's what they call it or not. But I, it, it would have been an interesting plot device. Okay. And uh, I, I'm glad that they... I can see the episode where they've been up all for like a full day already. And then they land on the planet and it's the middle of the day. And so they're way off their sleep cycles. And as a result, like... Hilarity ensues. Yes, the chaotic situation becomes even more chaotic. I could, I could see that being used as a plot. Yeah, device. we could write our own. Let's do it. Fanfic, here we come. Slash fic, fire. <laughs> no, no, no! I do not want to be a part of this. <laughs> oh, that started out so well. Um, so they're all standing there looking at the looking at the dress. Yeah. Um, and, and so my question to you, Pete, is: Slink or Fufra? Slank. Okay. Slinky. Okay. I prefer more form-fitting right. types of things. Show me the outline. I don't need to see everything, but the outline of the thing is almost more alluring than the thing itself. Gotcha. Okay. I'll leave it at you, that. You, you must like James Bond openings a lot. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a foo frog kind of guy. I, I think that that pink dress is absolutely stunning. You, you're right, by the way, to go back to the James Bond thing. I remember my mom got my brother and I a James Bond movie to watch once when we were kids. And I remember watching through it, maybe 10, my brother 12. Uh So we were the right age to watch a Bond movie, really. But the opening sequence, I was like, oh my gosh! Don't tell mom. It's just outline. That's all it is. It is. outline. That's one of the most amusing things about Bond movies. There's no nudity. But those intros, every single one of them have curvaceous, beautiful women. And as a 10-year-old, I was through the moon (laughs) that I got to see that stuff. I was like, wow, you're really a Bond fan. (laughs) (laughs) I was too stupid to realize that there are more Bond movies out there. Nice. Okay, so you like the fluffy, frilly... I do, yeah. See, those hoop dresses just look ridiculous, though. I think Kaylee looks awesome in it. It's ridiculous. (laughs) And completely useless. I agree. It's very impractical and useless. But those I, women I, can never sit down. You're right. No, I I, I totally agree. You have enslaved them to standing at all times. To be fair, Kaylee has chosen that herself. <laughs> she wanted that. Why, why do I suddenly feel like I'm in a sexual harassment training video? <laughs> Uh, they made a comment about that, about how the women, you know, between takes, the other women who were wearing the, the ridiculously big hoop skirts, you know, had to, there was some difficulty in navigating the set and stuff. And when they needed to visit the ladies room, oh, okay. because they would then have to, you know, how would they handle yeah. th- this particular, they said they ended up erecting a tent sort of thing for them to be able to use the facilities. Uh, By the way, that commentary was all women. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was the writer, the director, and Inara, the the actress who plays Inara. No, 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 not the director. It was a a production production person. Have have there been any with uh, Jewel State as commentary? No. Let me know if you come across one. I've only listened to two of them. Okay. 
So, uh, okay, moving on. Uh, anyway, I uh, they said something mean to Kaylee, and well, you know, so Mal makes the comment. I mean, if you think about exactly what he said, it's it's fair. It's rude. It's fair. Rude. The tone and no. the timing no. make it rude. The fact that he wanted everyone to get back to work is fine. The way he did it, completely That's not even rude. what I'm talking about. The comment of, you're in the engine room most of the time, that dress would not be appropriate in the engine room, is fair. Maybe he could have chosen a little more elegant or delicate phrasing, but the comment was totally honest. Go ahead and send your uh, hate mail to uh, joeysmith at gmail.com. No, that, it's a completely rude thing to say. Interesting. Okay. And uh, But I love that Jay is like, wait, to the same ball uh, that... Um, oh, it's the only one. Oh, wait. Yeah, the same ball that Inara and Atherton are going to be at. Inara's last name is Sarah? Inara, Sarah. Oh, okay. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. I thought it was interesting that the, the one guy that we know for sure was with a companion. It's just about the only guy that's not introduced as and companion. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Shows more that she carries the power. Yeah. Companions right. hold the power in the society. Okay. Announcements at a ball. Okay. Have you ever been announced like that? Yes. When I was part of the Society for Creative Anachronism. Oh, brother, of course. Why don't you just call it LARPing? Because <laughs> it wasn't LARPing. It's not the same thing. Whatever. Fine, when I was a LARPer. <laughs> <laughs> Joey was a LARPer. Which I don't know why we give LARPers such a, a hard time. They just happen to do something for free that, you know, actors choose to get paid for. Yeah. I, I think LARPing is a little bit different. There weren't the... There wasn't the role-playing aspect to SCA. I mean, it was, we treated it as a real thing. We don't. We didn't consider it a game. It was something you considered a very real part of your everyday life. So except it was like worse except, than LARPing. Except for that one guy who kept doing, fireball, fireball, fireball. <laughs> he would have gotten beat up so fast. <laughs> like, yeah, I got beat up at SCA camp. <laughs> So Kaylee gets her frilly dress because uh, she's going to be the date for uh, with Mal in order to get in. And um, we get to see, as they come in, we get to see an awesome CGI effect, which is the floating chandelier. And I thought that was really cool. I wasn't that impressed by it. I, just the fact that it was moving all over the place and dipping, that would have been, I, I thought <laughs> okay. it was awesome. I was, I was right on board with Mal on that where he's like, I see how they did it. Just didn't get in the why. <laughs> um, let's see here. There's a, there's a really weird line in this scene uh, where Atherton Wing is being the boar that he is. That's B-O-O-R. And he says something like, you know, they all wish, all the men here wish you were in their bed. Not B-O-A-R? Nope, and not B-O-R-E. Okay. Uh, and... And Ara like turns away and says, "I'm looking for the boy with the shimmer wine." And the way she delivers that line, it's just very weird. I think it's supposed to be 
I'm obviously changing the subject because you're being an idiot. Well, he says something truly offensive. Yes. The whole, well, they all wish that they were in your bed. Yes. But then the way the actress delivered that particular line, I don't like it. I don't think it plays well. I think they should have cut that. Hmm. Or at least taken another take at it. All right, so River does something uh, disreputable <laughs> that uh, sh everyone who ever does this should be ashamed of themselves <laughs> for having done. And anybody out there who does it needs help. <laughs> and I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. It's when she dumps all the protein packs on the counter. Yeah. It's when she rips all of the labels off of the canned <laughs> items. And Shepherd Book says... That's all right. We'll uh, just have some mystery meals. Yeah. Well, look, you just put the label underneath the can. It's not that hard. Have we talked about this on the podcast? I, I don't know, but you should be ashamed of yourself <laughs> for making those decisions. It's it's an addiction, I think. <laughs> it's an addiction. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, my gosh. That is so <laughs> awesome. It's good to have you actually get that out. You admit to your addiction. It's good for you. I have to take the labels off of stuff. Yeah. My wife has to hide the canned goods from me so I don't peel the labels off of them. It bugs me. The labels being on cans and bottles bugs me. Yeah, that's... That, like that, just sitting there looking at your water bottles with the labels on them. <laughs> I want to reach out, pick up that bottle, and strip the label. I'm going to start getting more of them, just <laughs> setting them around you during the podcast, just so you're uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, my favorite line from this. Set the scene. Kaylee is going over to the buffet table. She's uh, saying. Uh, well, we, we should at least question now, it. How can we know it's not him if we don't question it? <laughs> uh, that was cute. Uh, she wants to eat the, the strawberries. You know, we know what she thinks about strawberries. Anyway, she wanders over to some other women who are standing around. And the women automatically are just rude and nasty yes. to her. Yeah, It's like, uh, oh, they used to have that. Standards. Um... <laughs> Anyway, they go on and on about things, and they say some really mean things about her dress. Some old guy comes over. I love this old guy. And he says, oh, hello, Miss Such-and-Such. Such. Uh, what a fine dress you've been wearing. Must have taken your servants a week to fit you into that. And she's, you know, very proud and, and happy about that. And he's like, uh, the way your daddy tells me. It only takes a simple boy a matter of a few seconds to get you out of it. The or space of a schoolboy's like wink to yeah. get you out of it. And she is apparently offended by that, <laughs> which I, I guess I'm glad to know that... She had some kind of embarrassment I, I factor. guess, yeah, whatever. But I think some women nowadays would just say, yeah, that's right, and I enjoy it. <laughs> um, but she gets offended at it, and they all walk away, and he turns to her and says... I cannot abide useless people. He is my hero. <laughs> I absolutely love him for that line because of that. He actually, he starts it with, forgive my rudeness, but I cannot abide useless people. So my challenge to you, Pete, is I want you to use this at work to the person that you were just rude to. <laughs> <laughs> just say, forgive my rudeness. I can't abide useless people. <laughs> Do you accept my challenge? Uh, no. Oh. That is also rude. 
Um, well, yeah, but you're apologizing for it. <laughs> um, the uh, the fun thing is, is then she gets surrounded by all of these men as she's pontificating on various mechanical ship engines yeah. and and the like. Uh, so anyway, I, that that scene pleased me greatly. Okay, so we have the setup with the whole duel thing. Um, uh, you know, we had I like the interaction between Mal and the and the client. Uh, the, that scene between them, where the guy at first, you know, he's he's very stuffy and standoffish, and as he, you know, warms up, warms up to Mal, and you see Mal just, you know, hey, I'm just gonna be, you know, gosh, folks, kind of Mal that I am. Um, especially as like the the sash it, it indicates my lordhood and Mal's little hand gestures he says and it's doing a fine job of it sir <laughs> yeah but at that point he walks away yeah, from Mal yeah, like he does, get but, away from me um I, I just I really like the, the in that exchange where he you know he's like they're talking about Badger and, and the lord refers to him as yeah he's a, a psychotic lowlife and I love Mal's response he's like you know, I think calling him that is an insult to the psychotic life community. Mm -hmm. And it is. Um, I enjoy that actor. Yes, I, do I, I don't know him from much. I don't know that he's ever really had feature roles. I looked stuff. him up on IMDb. I like. I I feel like I recognize him from stuff, but none of the roles on IMDb stood out. So. He honestly, he he's what I think J. Michael Straczynski should look like. <laughs> Just my thoughts. My thoughts only. Uh, his voice reminds me a little bit of. Uh, oh, I can't even remember this guy's voice name now. The Christopher actor who Lee. Does, no, not Christopher Lee, and not Morgan Freeman, <laughs> oh. and not Carl Rove. <laughs> oh. I'm out of guesses. Uh, it's the guy who does Vizzini in The Princess Bride. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Can't remember the guy's name now. Anyway. His voice has a certain quality in it that matches up with that guy a little bit. Andre the Giant. No. Uh-oh. <laughs> I got the wrong character. Yes, My yeah, fault. Yeah. My fault, really. Yeah. You're thinking of Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> um, okay, so the, the duel is... Uh, Use of us what? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was another good line. Um, I felt like the whole... The duel just felt wrong. It just felt silly. That punching leads to automatically to a duel, or what? Well, yeah. The, everything regarding the duel. Okay. I felt like it's forced in the way that we get to that. And then the duel itself? What in the world was all of that fog around there for during the middle of the day? Effect. When there's not a cloud in the sky? No, no, no. It's something that the people that set up the duels... Dude, they bring a fog machine out. <laughs> it's for effect. <laughs> well, then, clearly, it's my fault for not understanding Persephone and uh, all of the various the, the, rituals the, the, that the go into The dueling culture things. that exists there. It's really my fault. I understood. <laughs> understood. Um, okay. It wasn't the middle of the day, though. It was supposed to be first thing in the morning. I mean, the lighting was off, but... Yeah, it was the middle of the day. Yeah. Um, anyway, by the way, that was filmed on Disney's... Um, land that was owned by Disney off camera was the um, the hillbilly bears or something like that the the country bears okay house and so uh, a lot of them had a lot of difficulty because camera doesn't see it but everybody else all of the other actors <laughs> so when I can see down the fourth it. wall yes and... yeah 
Um, okay, Anara helps Mal distract Atherton. Mal then, you know, beats him up. Yeah. I, it feels like he broke some other rules, you know, of, of dueling. I, I don't know that you can interrupt people, but everybody seemed okay with it. <laughs> and, and he beats him up some more. Um, he wins the contract. Yeah. You know, that that's great. Uh, his line at the end where he's like, you know, a great man does something really noble or something like that. Yeah, or doesn't hit a man hard, when he's down. It would be hard to watch the better man or the great. Yeah. Great man shows mercy, I think is what he said. And he's like, and then he stabs him like, nah, I'm only just a good man. And then he stabs him again. Well, I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> That mouth. There we, yep. there we go. Uh, and we end this. We end the episode with them drinking a jug o wine. <laughs> Another cliche from Westerndom. Yeah. Uh, as they look out over their cattle. As they look out over the cattle, which is the thing that is. Is the cargo contraband? Yes. So is it uh, the which we don't know the answer to. Is it contraband because they're shipping it off-world, or is we do know the cattle? Badger told us the guy didn't want to pay the the levy. He didn't want to pay the fees to legally sell these things off-world. Hmm. So he wanted a smuggler to smuggle him and give him <clears throat> like he, apparently even going through smuggling, you get a better deal than letting the alliance in on the deal. Ah, <laughs> uh, good. Anyway, I don't have anything else to say. Uh, I really like the idea of portable doorknobs. Yeah, that was interesting. A, a great way to lock a door is just you know we just take the doorknob off. Well, what they um, yeah, that's one way to to handle it. But the what they talk about in the commentary was the fact of this is the future. You know, the concierge doesn't doesn't need to keep keys. He, he has this doorknob. magical doorknob that he can take and put on any door and be able to get in. Nice. So that was their explanation. Okay, of it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a neat idea. Yeah. Uh, I, love, I like that they got the the prop to actually light up and it yes, cool. and and the glowing and the sound effect. I think they did a really good job with that. Technically, uh, I like Rivers' little trick with the Cockney accent and kind of yeah. putting Badger in his place. I thought that was a, a fun scene. Uh, we get you know a little bit of, of insight into how awesome River can be when she's all there. Yeah, when she reads someone and yeah. can throw it right back in. And then uh, from the sword fight scene, I just had the thought that. Um, Again, I, you know, I was in the Society for Creative Anachronism. I've done sword fighting. It's my belief that you have to be pretty darn good at sword fighting to make it look like you're having a hard time when you're really just toying with something. <laughs> you have to be pretty good. Because <laughs> you're, you're not just sword fighting. You know, I mean, these are, these are swords that, you know, you, you can get a body part lopped off if you're screwing around. Yes. So you have to be pretty confident in your abilities to say, oh, you know, I'm going to let him get close to me, but not cut me. Yeah, the the guy... I I found, again, the whole fight scene silly. Because who decides, oh, he's put his sword behind his back. I'll charge at him! Un <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, are we going to do lines during I'll ratings? do lines, at, yeah, after, okay. you know, with ratings. Um, I guess the last thing I have then is uh, that Kaylee kept the dress. Did they address this at all in the commentary track? No, they just she got to keep the dress. Because Mal was making a thing about how they had to return the dress. He told her to be careful of this because they had to return it. Oh. So I'm wondering if she just 
up and up stole it. Yeah. Broke back into the store? No, no. I mean, she she went to to Serenity in the dress because Badger's men had her. So she, Badger's men had brought her with them. She's in the dress. So obviously she just stayed on the ship, right? She just went and got changed and left the dress in her room. I just wondered if they addressed it in the commentary track no. at all. Okay. They basically said, and Kaylee gets her dress. Isn't that nice? It is. It's nice. By the way, that commentary was... Not it's exactly what you would expect from all women sitting around talking about. I, I, I like you, SpongeBob. <laughs> I'm not sexist. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, you're listening to comments? Let's try and walk that one backwards. Uh, yes, uh, just again from uh, Brainy Smurf. He says, Jane Espenson is one of my favorite sci-fi writers. Although I never watched Buffy... I now know that there is a silent episode that's supposed to be good, and Jane got her career off to a start by writing for that show. I didn't know she was the writer for that one. I still haven't seen that one, so... Maybe... Okay. She did 22 episodes for Buffy. Uh, She then did another 22 episodes for Gilmore Girls. Oh, okay. Another sci-fi series? Uh, Because they eat out so much? (laughs) She also brilliantly contributed to Battlestar Galactica and Caprica. And now she is making tons of cash working in Once Upon a Time as the Goran showrunner. You can't tell tell she is a woman by the way she writes, yet you know she is anyway. And she writes in a way that is uniquely edgy yet classic. And she should get more accolades. This is one of the episodes in the series that you show to a chick on a one-timer. And hopefully she is not mad at you for doing so. Also, always happy to see an appearance from Badger, as it's nice to see a good blend of classic tradition with Spacey Wacy. TV 7, Sci-Fi 7, Western 8. Okay. We got, we got a listener sending a Western rating. Great. Yes, we do. Okay, Pete, how about your television rating? Five. I think that this is middle-of-the-road fair. The writing isn't that great. Even when I heard uh, Espenson talking about the writing experience through the show, mm-hmm. it sounded like she was told to go and do tons of rewrites, <laughs> which maybe every writer has to do that. Sure. But still, it just... You didn't get the There was nothing yeah. stand out here. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I gave it a six, because I, I think that it's got some funny scenes in it. I, you know, I, I laughed quite a bit in this episode, so I gave right. it a little and, bit of a bump for And that. women will enjoy the Inara Mal stuff. And I enjoyed seeing Kaylee in the Froufrock. <laughs> Jeez. Um, Bring on the slinky. Okay, Pete, your science fiction rating. Okay, uh, I forgot we were going to do uh, oh, yeah. quotes. Uh, so some of the ones I had... Um, Jane saying, is she mad or something, which okay. we already said. And then Jane also saying, what happened? Did you see your face? Uh, to Badger. <laughs> Badger. Uh, then, of course, Kaylee saying, yes, sir, Captain Tight Pants. <laughs> yes, that was one of mine. <laughs> um, and everything's so classy. I even saw some melted cheese back there. <laughs> Hot cheese. Oh, I thought that was, was going to be my favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> So that's like, she's like so impressed with the hot cheese. <laughs> um, and, uh, oh, use of a swat? 
Okay. Um, up until the punching, it was a really nice party. <laughs> Another Kaylee line. So, uh, all right. If there's any Kaylee lines, you get to use them next. Uh, anyway, sci-fi rating. I am going to give this a six. Wow. Uh, because of the chandelier. Okay. Uh, the ca- uh, the card game that ha- was invented. Did they give the rules in the commentary? The track? rules exist on some website somewhere. Okay. They do. They do exist. Plums are tall. That's all I know about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, for the, some quotes that I think you missed that I enjoyed was, okay. For Mandalay beaten yet breathing, it makes him a coward. I liked that line. Mercy is the mark of a great man. Stab. <laughs> Guess I'm just a good man. Yeah. Stab. Well, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, see how I'm not punching him? I think I've grown. Yes. <laughs> yes. For science fiction, I'm giving this one a three. I was not impressed huh. with the floating chandelier the way you were. Um, You're missing out. But I did think the doorknob was pretty cool, and it does have a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that wash almost wrecks, because he's not paying attention. <laughs> okay, Pete, Western rating. Oh, shoot. Western. Uh, yes. Western... I'm going to say six. Okay. Now, it should be higher than sci-fi. It really should. Even though it was bad Western. Westerns don't have duels with swords, they don't. though. I'm going to say... But it did have cows. It did have cows. I'm going to say five. Okay. Uh, I gave it a six on Western and an eight on feudalism. <laughs> well, uh, that's great. We uh, it should be high, truly. Moving on to our next episode, again, <laughs> safe. When Shepard Book is caught in the crossfire of a gun battle, Mal is forced to leave a kidnapped Simon River behind and ask the Alliance for assistance. I'm you know, sorry. E- even the second time around, that uh, that summary was terrible. That, that was a terrible summary. Well, I, I felt bad for you. But now, I, you, you've you messed up. You made us do the <laughs> So, we goofed up. The, the microphone wasn't plugged I'm in. Plugged. <laughs> I looked down and I'm thinking, what on earth is that cord laying on the huh. floor? Oh, oh wait, that's, it's that's the awkward. microphone. <laughs> that's an awkwardly placed thing. It feels like it should be plugged in somewhere. Uh, anywho, well, as, I, I don't think we need to spend seven minutes this time talking about <laughs> Zach Efron. <laughs> I, I don't know about you. Yeah, uh, yeah and the uh, the slash fiction that you have apparently <laughs> written about Mal and Anara from season three was just—it was disturbing <laughs> how detailed he was about all of this. Um, a- anywho, um, we we make reference—we made reference to the fact that there's, there's no physical tra- therapy. Yeah, there's yeah no physical therapy, and there's travel time of about a month between uh, episodes. Here. Uh, well, not necessarily between episodes. The cattle well, no, were no, between on... these two ep- between the previous episode and this one. No, I'm I'm saying this is not their first trip of bringing oh, the cattle. Oh, I see. Okay. So I think he's had other trips. I think because this is their he, first trip because they haven't. No, because he's he talks about how frustrated he is with the fact that. He, the cattle pose all of these particular problems in in travel and how he's like you know what uh, let, let's start going with you know the, the beagles, beagles. <laughs> uh, anyway there's a it's a month long thing 
and no physical therapy. Feel like we should be having physical therapists come on and, and work out these injuries with people. All right, did we cover everything we need to? And Zach Efron Zach, plays young Simon. Zach Efron. It's not Efron. <laughs> and, and it's also not Warsh. <laughs> Wash. <laughs> you have. A, I don't think you said it tonight, but still. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start like putting an apple in my mouth whenever I go to say Wash. <laughs> an apple I don't know it's just <laughs> fitting <laughs> cause you can't mock <laughs> oh, oh brother uh, okay so somebody says something about a cunningly concealed herd of cattle yes uh, which I found uh, to be humorous it was uh, Simon wasn't it talking to yeah, talking to Mal it was yeah cause Simon actually comes off of the ship and he's officially on the world, and he's really nervous, like, oh my gosh, the cops could show up at any minute, which they end up doing, Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's got some run-ins with, uh, with the law. But the, what's going on is that Mal is kind of panicking a little bit, because River is talking to the cows. Yeah. And, and Mal's like, well, you know, we don't want River drawing attention. <laughs> and that's when Simon's like, oh yeah, you and your cunningly concealed herd of cattle. Good one. Thank you for tying it all together. You know, before we get too far into the episode, I just wanted to just briefly mention, they talk a little bit here about River having good days and bad days. Mm-hmm. And I just I just want to just say that for an autistic person, the term bad day means something order of magnitudes worse than it does for you or I. Mm-hmm. When... When I send a note with JJ to school to tell his teacher JJ's having a bad day today, it, it, it's different than you telling me on I am, I'm having a bad day. Just something that, you know, people, you know, you, you, you stop and think about. In the mental illness uh, industry, C- community, community, thank you, that's a better word. Uh, yeah, it, it's that definitely has yeah. a completely different meaning. It sure does. Okay. Uh, post hole diggers. Have you ever met a more useless piece of mechanic They don't tree? work. They do not. They absolutely do not work. They are useless pieces yeah. of crud. I suppose, I suppose, if you already had a really deep hole that only would fit the post hole digger, then yes, I suppose that And you're just tool, trying to clean out the bottom of the, po- yes, the hole. Yes, I, I suppose. But even that... Doesn't work that well. Yeah, I'm with you. 100%. Because it doesn't actually scoop up anything. At best, it can maybe compress a few bits of dirt for you to pull. I out. remember when I was a kid, as I whenever I had to go out and use the post hole digger, the whole time I'm standing there trying to dig a hole with it, I'm I was always trying to think there's got to be a better way to do this. And yes. I came up with a couple contraptions in my mind. I don't know how practical any of them would be because I've never tried to actually. I, I didn't need to invent one. Them. They already have one. Oh, I didn't know that. The shovel. <laughs> the plain shovel <laughs> is much more effective at digging a post hole. I was actually trying opinion. to come up with a, a something specifically the size of a post hole digger, but that would be a better implementation thereof. Hmm. Um, anywho, I don't like them. I always smashed my thumbs on them. I just uh, didn't like how... It didn't seem to matter how careful I was. I put more dirt in the hole than I ever got out of it using those stupid things. Stupid post holes. 
Okay, I, I can move on. I wonder where they filmed these scenes. You know, you mentioned in the last one that they had filmed the the sword duel mm-hmm. on the uh, Country Bears lot at Disney. Yes. Um, we see River go join a country dance at one point in here. And they're kind of out in this grass field out in the middle of nowhere. I just... It was a silly thing. Yeah. I just wanted to know. I'm curious. Where they filmed these? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, River Goes Wandering. <laughs> uh, and that's where she meets the impromptu gathering that yeah. seems incredibly welcoming to these strangers. I guess if you just start dancing along, everybody is just so... Hoot, hoot and holler and... Uh, I, 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 don't get, I don't get dancing. I, I didn't want to... I wasn't going to say anything, but in the last episode we had Silly Dancing... In this episode, we have people doing silly dancing. I don't get the damn dancing. <laughs> I don't get it. I think it's stupid. I don't get are, it. Are you looking for me to defend it? Because you're talking to the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I all, all the way through high school, I DJed the dances instead of attending them. Mm. I, you know, I was like, wait, so I can get paid or I can feel really awkward with a girl. Let me think about this. <laughs> And plus, I, you know, I was like a minor deity to those people. I controlled what music they got to listen to. <laughs> ah, good point. Uh, I, who knew you hit deity at such a young age? Yeah, yeah. It's all been downhill since then. <laughs> <laughs> you really let yourself go. Really. Uh, okay, so in the midst of the, the deal gone wrong, <laughs> yes, uh, we have a gunfight. And... Do. Bullets go a flying astray. Bullets? I assume they're bullets. We don't know because they sure sound like, like energy, energy weapons. weapons. <laughs> they do. So here's the note that I made. Wait. So they use energy weapons on land and the projectile weapons in outer space. Yes, because this makes perfect sense. Yeah. And. I, I, Mal was still using regular bullets. Yeah, though. he was. Yeah, and the style of guns was still a six shooter. Well, that there, the other there was ones one were scene. Def- there was one person definitely there with some kind of projectile weapon because when Mal's reaching for the thing, you hear the yes, of course. Um, Which, by the way, I you know I I've shot ricochets before, never actually heard one make that sound. None of them do. <laughs> oh, none of them do. Uh, neither does when you punch someone ever sound like what it sounds like on TV? I don't know. Movie magic. Sounds like that when I hit someone. <laughs> Sh- shall we test that theory? Well, Aaron's not here, so I don't see how we can. <laughs> Where's John? <laughs> he's, the, he's the resident punching bag. Uh, anyway, so amidst all of those things flying around from those guns, one hits Shepard Book. Yeah. Apparently pretty badly. It looks bad because Mal's worried. So they get him back to the ship. And they take off? Yeah, and they fly off as Simon is looking up in the air saying, uh... Oh, what? That that had to be a terrifying moment. I I would imagine that absolutely would have been. Um, They were captured, though. Yes, they were taken. They were um, kidnapped by these look like hooligan hillbillies. Yep, good. 
and I think taken, they called them hill people in the episode. <laughs> taken to this uh, place where there's this community already living, and they're so poor and destitute. Apparently, they don't have a doctor, yes. so they've stolen a doctor. Because <laughs> that's going to work out great. I don't know. Anyway, he starts to get to work. Yeah. So he takes his oath seriously, assuming there is one, and he is. He's convinced by the the nurse woman and who, teacher who's the caretaker there who's caring for them as best she can and because she says some pretty profound things. Yeah. And that helps turn them around. In the end, she ends up not being that profound at all because she's just a bigot. Admits amidst all of the technical advances, <laughs> they still believe in witches. Which I don't get. I do. How? In the circumstances that they find themselves with the struggle to survive being the way it is for them, um, I think falling back on a system of faith like that is a natural thing for humanity. I agree, but still, witches? Witches? Yeah. I... I don't know. I don't know. I I don't buy it. I, I think that... The, the circumstances, especially where it's it's now not just a continent or a country separating people, it's entire worlds separating mm-hmm. people. And it would be very easy for a, an inbred society like that. Not Well, aren't we making leaps that we don't know exist? I didn't mean like genetically inbred. <laughs> I meant culturally. <laughs> where there's not a lot of external cultural influence. Uh... I think it would be very easy for a society to devolve to that point. Okay, so they then take her out and they bring out the town leader and he is saying, what What are we doing here? It's like, she's a witch. What do you have to burn her? He's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, uh, he's like, oh, yes, you're the, you're the town leader. You took over from the old person who was sick and died. He died that night that you showed up and that... He was getting better, but you couldn't have that. <laughs> he just reaches out and slaps and says, She's a witch! She's sewing a lie! Well, no, so here's, here's the part that... Like, I love that they wrote this line of dialogue this way because it's hilarious to me. But if you stop and think about it, what he asserts is, This girl reads minds and spins falsehoods. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Which one was she doing? Was yes. she reading your mind or yes. was she spinning a falsehood? Yes, absolutely. Uh, very hilarious. And they, they go to try and burn her. Um, anyway, let, let's cut back to the Shepherd book story. Yes. So he's in bad shape. They've patched him up as best they can, but apparently he's still maybe dying. Yep. Magic bullet, you know. They shoot Kaylee in the abdominal area. She's fine. Well, they Just had a doctor fine. to do the surgery. Okay, fine. The bullet, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, the bullet is still in Shepherd Book, and that's where things become dangerous for the person. Okay. Okay, that's fine. So they decide, ah, the only recourse we have, or the best recourse, is let's find an Alliance ship and ask them for help. Yeah. Well, so they didn't, they didn't have enough time to make it to any of the planets they felt they could trust, but they knew that the Alliance ship was stationed nearby he talked about it earlier in the episode mm-hmm. so they ask for help from the alliance ship they come aboard and they're like 
Who are you? Why should we help you? Well, You're... first they're like, oh, we're here to arrest you. <laughs> that was kind of random, right? I, I don't know. I don't remember them saying arrest. Well, they, they I mean, that was their general attitude. They didn't actually use Well, yeah, they word, came but... out with their guns pulled, which I think is a safety-wise thing to do. Guns pulled and the, and the assumption that there is something illegal going on. Okay. Not necessarily trying to arrest them, though. Okay. So they're saying, look, this man needs help. And their response is, we're not a caregiving set. We can't just be going around helping everyone here. What are we, we some kind of system of government? <laughs> we don't do this. And Shepard says, Identicard. They plug it in, and they're like, get this man taken care of. Take him away. Yeah, Bring him in. Which is, you know, a complete 180 to what they had been treating them. Yeah. But we don't know why. Well, we do, apparently, if you read the comic book, yes, this Shepherd's we Tale. do. Have you read it? I have read it. Oh, do you have it? Yes. Can I read it? I may Will have you turn garnered the pages it. for me? I may have garnered it illegally. Oh, you procured, procured it. You don't... Ah, I see. A friend found it, and he said... Hey, you were telling me the other day how you wish you knew the story about Shepherd Book. Well, I found it in the comic, and so I read it through, and uh, I was ticked off. Really? You didn't yes. like it? I do not like it. Huh. Now, that was written by uh, Zach, right? Efron? No, he's just a... Zach Whedon? One of, I don't one know. One of Josh's brothers, I believe it was written by... But it was, it was sanctioned, essentially, by yeah. the the... By Joss. Yes. I just don't buy it. Hmm. I, 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 I do not believe that it fits in with the, the proper storyline. Because they snap to in a moment's notice and say, we must take care of this man. But the backstory, I won't give anything away other than to say it is he's he does some things that get him kicked out and so he's lost status so now why all of a sudden he has this magical status back i don't understand okay it doesn't fit okay and i personally think it's the wrong story i would do better i'm gonna write my own fanfic no i'm not gonna do that Pete, but Pete i can come up, of <laughs> i can come up with a better story for shepherd book than what they did. Okay. It and it just it really. I accept your offer. It really doesn't fit. I'm not going to be doing it. <laughs> I have evil to fight. Don't you remember Diablo three? Well, that, at some point that game will come to an end. No, it never ends. Well, I, I did hack into your computer upstairs and installed a cheat. So. Uh, uh, oh, by the way, I've got a. Uh, if you want to play it, I've got some free passes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So if you're interested, okay. or I don't know if you already have Aaron's account, you can you play I it don't, on that. No. But uh, if you're interested. Okay. Okay. Um, anyway, they fix Shepard. He's all better. They leave the Alliance ship. And uh, then they go back down and they rescue the, uh, the Tams in the nick of time. You know, before we get to that, there's, there's a scene where Zoe... And Jane, it, it sounds like Zoe and Jane are trying to convince Mal not to go back for Simon and River. Zoe? 
Jane is talking about how, you know, it would be there'd be, be a lot more less hassle without those two around. And Zoe says, you know, he's not wrong, sir. They'd be, you know, things would go oh, a lot okay. smoother around here, or something like that. Um, to me, that is one of several times in the episode where I think Zoe voices Mal's own darker, darker angels out loud so that they can hear just how bad they sound. She says something that she doesn't believe so that Mal can hear it out loud and go, yeah, I'm going to do the opposite thing. And it, she almost kind of manipulates him, I would hmm. say, in the way she does. Yeah, because I don't think she truly believes no. or feels that they should abandon. Right. I think I she's think just so stating a truth. Well, uh, but the way the way in which she chooses to do it, I think, like I said, I think it's a manipulation. She knows that Mal is going to kick up against it because of the way she phrased it. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, oh, by the way, while they were gone, Jane tries to steal all of the... Uh, yes, the, the Tam stuff. Very, very funny. Uh, and then he throws it back in their room uh, when they return uh, after after all that. The, the nice thing that they have at the end where the captain is talking to the doctor and it's clear that Mal still doesn't really like Simon. Yeah. But he says... You're part of the crew. You're my crew. Yeah. And so we come back and we protect you. We, you're one of us. I, I love I love Mal's attitude about it. Was you're on my crew. Why are we still talking about this? Yeah. He's like I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> the rogue with a heart. That's right. Uh, much like the outrageous Okana. <laughs> Which, by the way, that I heard that uh, in the uh, the Star Trek convention thing they mention him apparently he's in the killing amc's the killing oh really yes okay billy campbell i want to say anyway go check him out maybe um there was one thing i forgot to bring up in the last episode i want to maybe ask you here stealing from disreputable or evil people people who are bad is it is it still wrong, or is it okay? It's wrong, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, I think I am too, because you... Yeah, I, I think I'm okay in the sense that it's they each get what they deserve. I think it comes down to the fact that you and I are both okay with vigilantism. Maybe to different extents. Yeah, yes, yeah... Vigilantism for those who have the capability for doing such. To the extent to which you're capable. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really see these guys as doing vigilantism. Well, that's what Mal did, right? In stealing from that guy, he was stealing the ill-gotten gains, the, the slave money. It was, a, it was vigilantism, in my opinion. Yeah. Morally, still wrong, though. Yes. Right? We'd yes. agree on that? Okay. All right. Just wanted to cover that. Make sure... I was okay. There was something from the last episode that I wanted to cover as well, which was... Was it Zoe and Wash? Nope. No, I'm glad we just... We'll <laughs> talk about that scene. Okay. Um, it was an interesting poem that didn't rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'll make its way onto the next poetry podcast. Maybe. All corpsified and gross. <laughs> uh... No, it was Mal's sense of nobility. Inara takes him to task. You know, 
you punched a man for saying something that you throw in my face all the time. Right. And Mal's response to that is, I have no respect for the job you do. He had no respect for you. Yeah. So I, I just want, I, I, I really caught on to that concept because it's a good way of describing how, you know, in the past, maybe on this podcast, I have come across as having a little less respect for police Oh, oh, very political the way you're walking this back, sir. Go on, go on. And and I liked the way he captured that. It, 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 I think it expresses how I feel about police. The individual may be a great person, I don't know, but the role they're in is basically that of a bully, in my opinion. Wow, I really thought you were going the complete other direction on that. (laughs) Wow, you still come out sounding like a jerk. (laughs) Really thought you were going the other direction whereby... I have respect for the person. Have respect for the position, but the (laughs) the guy may be the one who's the actual jerk there. And the policeman is filling a necessary role in society, Mm. a very useful and helpful role. And if you don't start <laughs> acting better towards them, the police officer friends that I do have, I will make known about what your feelings are. Well, I know at least one of your police officer friends, and he knows exactly how I feel about police officers. Okay, uh, back to this episode. Um, we're done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shall we read the email? Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, Brainy Smurf says this. Um, book. So, Pete, when are you going to tell us about the comic supply details on Book's background? I am dying to know. I could just wiki it, but I'm holding out in order to capitalize on the podcast's theoretical future super awesomeness interestingness. (laughs) This episode was fair and would have served as a great stepping stone to unearth an intriguingly mysterious character. I used to want to be a preacher. So, at one point, I felt a great swell of intrigue toward the inner mechanisms of the character of Book. Oh, and the siblings get kidnapped by rednecks. The rich are dumb, and the yokels are desperate. The some things never change. And uh, that's what brings us to our Chinese quote of the week. Oh, good. good. We do have yeah. one. Uh, another very common phrase. Da Wan Hua... Da bien hua. Oh, I wasn't even close. Da bien hua. As young little doctor dude exclaims this to his father about undergoing a big change. The translation is big bigger than the same. As uttered by young Simon about getting a dedicated source box. Yeah, we didn't really talk about the source box, did we? Yeah, we didn't. I feel like that's something you would want, though. Yeah, definitely. A dedicated source box. Not just one that you share. Dedicated. I have two dedicated source boxes. <laughs> um, so that was uh, Da Bien Hua. Da Bien Hua. Okay. Uh, TV 7, Sci-Fi 7, Western 6. Later, everybody, your ambassador to the dark side. Hey, is he putting little numbers in there when he puts the pronunciation? No. Okay. Little numbers. There, there should be numbers next to this. There's a, a notation called pinyin that is how to pronounce Chinese 
Let's not overcomplicate this. No, no, no. Brainy Smurf, whatever Joey just said, ignore it. Don't listen to the him. The numbers tell you whether it's supposed to be a rising tone or a falling tone. Because it's Yeah, a don't language. listen to him <laughs> at all. Okay, you're doing a fine job. I, I was not trying to criticize his job. I'm criticizing yours. Yes, and I'm telling you, stop making it harder on me. Okay. Uh, to answer his question about the whole thing, I don't want to give it away. Uh, but maybe through a separate channel of chat, we can I can fill you in a little bit more if that's what you're interested in, uh, Brainy Smurf. Um, just know I wasn't impressed. Yes, I wasn't. Uh, also, we have gotten one additional email in. Okay. While we've been while doing we're this. doing this. Yes. Great. Uh, let's see here. Hi, TrekWest Five. New things are always happening here at Twitter HQ. We are growing at a rapid pace and are committed to simplicity, transparency, and reaching every person on the planet continues. We thought you might be interested in knowing about some of our most recent developments. Uh, and they don't really talk much about the episodes. They just seem to cover <laughs> services awesome they offer. Included something about Firefly, just yeah, like right. by random chance. Yeah. yeah, that would have been funny. <laughs> <laughs> really Your rating, Pete. Tell the, or no, I guess my rating. Your rating, me. sir. Yeah. Uh, for TV, I gave this one a 7. Like I said, I think it's a little bit better than the previous episode. Really? Which I gave a 6. I think this is a little bit better. Huh. Uh, I give this a TV 5. Again, middle of the road. Okay. It's not bad, but this isn't exciting at all, really. Except for the Shepherd book stuff, which the comic screwed up. Okay. Well, maybe not having had the comics screwed up for me, I... You're still, I'm, you have the mystery. Yes, that's there. right. Yeah. Joey, sci-fi. Uh, I give it a six. You, you know, you had the Alliance, you had the, the Shepherd book hinting at a backstory, and you had the, uh, in, what, in my opinion, very science fiction-y concept of what happens to human society when it's so cut off from each other, it devolves back into the mysticism. Okay. Uh, what did you say you gave it a Six. Again? Six. I only give this a five. Again, I still think this is only middle of the road. I think there was more science fiction-y stuff that happened in the other one. Even though, yes, we did get to see the Alliance ship. Um, I just... Eh, middle of the road okay. kind of thing. Joey for Western. I gave it a four. You had the gunfight and you had the cows, but... Oh, I disagree. You have the old Western-style themed city... Uh, okay. uh, you also have the lawmen walking around that look like actual you know lawmen. Right. I give it a five. You're a right. And we have the hillbilly redneck people who come <laughs> around stealing folk. And Which I thought was more Puritan than than. And Western. then we also have the witch burning. Which is more Puritan than All right. Well, we'll get to that rating later. Um, <laughs> I give this a seven for Western. Wow. wow, okay. Joey, for Boudoir, what do you give this? For what? <laughs> Isn't that the rating you gave the last time? No. no? I gave feudalism. Feudalism. Oh, my mistake. My mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I managed to surprise Joey, who knew that it could happen, but I managed to do it. Uh, you know, we should mention here, this is this is more fun when our listeners engage, so... Yeah, oh, for sure. It, and you know, it's uh, much shorter when it's just you and I, too. Yeah. So maybe there's that. Anyway, we might have some other listeners. I know for a fact for our uh, Mrs. Reynolds and Jamestown, my friend will be here next week. Okay. I, I've talked to him. He will be here. Is this Captain Brevity? 
No, this is not Captain Lord, Brody. Lord Admiral. <laughs> Lord Rear Admiral Captain Brody. We really could have him on the podcast. He lives locally. Uh, but uh, he seemed to, to not want to get jump on board with that. We've invited him to other podcasts. That's why okay. I say that. So. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of The Homestarmy Presents Trek West 5. We hope that you've learned something, had some laughs, and we always invite your comments to our email at trekwest5 at thehomestarmy.com. Or you can tweet us at hashtag trekwest5, or call and leave us a voicemail at 801-788-4913. So, until next time, I am Joey. And I am Peter. And thanks for listening.